Hi, I'm Cece, and welcome to the Barry Dyers Podcast, where we share our most intimate insecurities, bariatric stories, and battle with obesity. So grab a cup of inspiration with me as we figure out life, post up together. We are so excited to announce that ProCare Health is sponsoring the Berry Diaries podcast and all of our 2022 events. ProCare Health wants to tackle some of the stigmas of bariatric surgery. For example, one of the toughest part of being a bariatric patient is making sure we are getting in all those vitamins and checking in with our doctor to see if we actually achieve proper absorption. ProCare Health is specially formulated for bariatric patients and know what our bodies need. Not only do they take out the guesswork and make it easy for us to achieve our vitamin goals, but they also give us vitamins that taste like dessert. Win, win, and they're easily digestible. Did I mention dark chocolate squares and cinnamon rolls? Give them a try. Use code BERRYPOD to save at ProCareNow.com. Hi, how are you? I'm doing good. I'm so excited to sit and yeah. talk with you. I'm <laughs> Cece with the Very Daughters podcast. And what's your name? I am Erin and my social media handle is gotta do this for me underscore RNY. Mm-hmm. You are pre-op. I am pre-op. I am at the very end of that. It might be a little longer now thanks to COVID, but yes, I, I did have oh, my surgery no. scheduled. Uh, for January 7th. So yeah, it was going to be coming up really, really quickly. And, and now we're not too sure, but I, I've been rescheduled. Yeah. I, they haven't given me a new date, but there's really no, there's no way they can, because they don't know what the the circumstances are going to be, of course. Um, But I have completed everything I need to do with pre-op. So I'm officially done the program. I have my last day of my pre-op diet today. And then it's a waiting game. So what do you do? You just keep kind of doing what you're doing until your surgery comes? Well, what they've instructed me to do is, so I was on, I was put on seven days of the OptiFast protein shakes, and I had about eight approved vegetables that I was able to consume in two cups per day maximum. So I've been plugging along with that. It's a struggle. The shake, I'm not a sweet tooth person. So like I'm craving the savory, I'm craving the salt, um, getting these, these chocolate shakes down is is not the best but seven days not too bad in the grand scheme of things and they basically said remain like finish out your seven days of your pre-op diet Uh once that day then I don't have to go to the two days of clear fluids only that would be torture with no surgery at the end of that Um, and then I'm supposed to just go back to regular food uh, of, of course, being mindful of, you know, lower calorie, lower fat, smaller portions, you know, the usual how you lose weight at what we all struggle with. <laughs> um, and just uh, in hopes that my my liver doesn't um, sort of undo the shrinking that this liquid diet has just done for me. So you're in Canada, right? I am. Yes, I am. Okay. Northern Canada. Northern Canada. So is there like a COVID thing going on there? I'm only asking because, you know, being in 
all in Europe because I went to from Dallas I went to London and then I went to Madrid and then Venice and then Italy and then we flew to Frankfurt Germany the reason I brought that up is because it's amazing to me how in Europe and Spain the COVID is much more present here in Texas Mm -hmm. there is no masks they don't really it's it's non-existent COVID is non-existent in Texas wow Wow. Uh, no one wears masks. I mean, we all try to social distance, like nobody's just trying to rub up against each other. In mm-hmm. Italy, everyone wears masks. It's mandatory. There is no social distancing. They're just right on top of you. It's crazy. It's like, back up, buddy, you know? <laughs> um, so it's kind of weird. In Germany, you have to wear your masks. And if you don't have your mask on, you can get a ticket. Like they'll mm-hmm. actually give you like an $80 ticket. So how is it in Canada? Well, I can't speak for all of Canada, but in Ontario here, uh, we have just entered a new lockdown by our mandated by our government. So no school. So the kids are not going back to school after the Christmas break. Um, they're, they're in the process of trying to switch to virtual, you know, online learning and, um, so it's supposed to start in a couple of days, but again, they're trying to prepare. So they're not really sure. We get a different answer every day from the government of what's happening. Um, masks are definitely mandatory uh, if you're in a public space. I mean, if you're out going for a walk, no, but um, all indoor dining has been closed up. Mm-hmm. Um, retail is down to 50% capacity. So the reason for all elective surgeries um, being canceled right now in all hospitals across Ontario is basically to free up space, free up beds, free up staff, which they're already really low on staff to, to help with the, you know, all of the folks that are going in there for, for COVID or this new variant. Um, No one seems to be like critically ill and um, with this new variant, you know, it's not as bad as it was the first go around with the lockdown, but nonetheless, you know, things are, things are changing and uh, it's frustrating for all, you know, it's, it's impacting us all short-term and long-term. And as I say, for myself with the surgery, that's, it's impacting me um, in that way, particularly. So all I can do is wait. Wow, that's such a buzzkill, especially when you've already done the pre-op diet and anybody who's done the pre-op diet is like, it's hard enough doing that because you're doing this surgery for me. I mean, I can't speak for everybody, but for me, it's because I had a binge eating problem and a food addiction problem and I could not control myself. And the pre-op portion of it was really tough for me. I was trying to do it. But it's really hard. And so if you can muster through it, I did not. I cheated. I I got on this kick that I don't know if you've heard it. I don't even want to tell you because I don't want you to do it. But (laughs) people say have food funerals, you know. Oh, yeah. And I did that. And I I ate until I got sick, like thinking of things I wanted to eat. So I wouldn't recommend that. Just waiting and until your surgery date, which is, you know, sometimes some people it's one week, two weeks, four weeks, 
but to have yours postponed because of COVID is just yeah heartbreaking. Not, I know. And it's, I think too, I mean, no one really taught, or at least I haven't seen, I've, I, I have followed many people on Instagram and I have researched bariatric surgery for seven years, seven years. Um, that was when I first started contemplating doing it. I knew that I had a problem like yourself. Food addiction is a very real thing. Uh, I wasn't so much a, a binge eater. I mean, I would emotionally eat, but um, it wasn't just when I was sad or upset. Like I would, when I was excited, when I was celebrating, when I was upset, bored. when I was angry, when I was bored, like yeah. so all the emotions would make me eat, which mm-hmm. becomes a problem, right? So, and, and just, I'm a foodie. I love all cuisines. I love to cook. I love to entertain. And so I love all types of food and I love experimenting with food in the kitchen. And it just, it just led to a, a food addiction. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't go away with bariatric surgery, you know, in, up here in the mind. Um, and so that's what makes the pre-op diet, I think, so hard that nobody really talks about. Everyone talks about the, the immediate post-op mm-hmm. struggles, um, but the pre-op is like, well, hang on here. My stomach is still this big. And now you're telling me all of a sudden switch off a light and stop eating essentially, yeah. right? So it's kind of like your body is like, whoa, what are you doing to me? Uh, I got massive headache. I had a headache that wouldn't go away for three days. Like as your body started detoxes, I was in tears on day three, like all day for just no reason, like just frustration. And just, I was starving. (laughs) I had a headache for three days straight. Um, My body was detoxing. It just was awful. I was in tears all day on the third day. Everyone says the third day, it's, it's the toughest of anything that you're trying to change, right? Um, day four and day five were a little easier. I'm on my last day now, and I have to say that the shakes are not tasting as bad as they did the first few days. So it's more like my body's starting to not, I don't want to say crave it because that would be weird. <laughs> I still want food. Um, but when I'm hungry, my body is like, okay, I need this protein shake right now. Whereas on day like one, two, three, I was like, I'm starving. I want sushi and pizza and all of those other things. So I know. I know. it's, it's like, I think the hardest part about it is the mental game, the mental aspect of it now. And I had a particularly rough go of just my pre-op diet timing because it was new year's Eve. And we had a couple of friends over, there was a big spread of food <laughs> and then the, they all slept over of course. And then the next day for dinner, they ordered my favorite sushi and Chinese food and I'm smelling it and I'm pissed off and I'm, you know, it's just like, it's hard. And nobody talks about that because your stomach's still big. You come out of it with surgery and your stomach is now this big little, right. And then it's like, you don't have that desire or that capability of overeating. Yeah. So for me to go back to food now and now wait for my surgery, it's going to be a struggle. I'm, I'm hoping that I don't say, okay, now I can eat, yum, 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 you know, and eat everything in sight. What I'm trying really hard to do is stay focused on like having the mindset that I've already had surgery and I'm going to try to adopt like the way of eating of maybe what a six or eight week post-op person would do 
So much smaller portions and, you know, keeping it obviously low fat, low carb and, and the healthy carbs. I'm not getting rid of carbs entirely, but, you know, like a protein chickpea pasta or, or something like that in a small portion occasionally, like I'm not good with deprivation. I'm not good when I deprive myself because that's, that's when I will be. just makes it worse. So right now you're, you have a mental you're trying to change your mental mindset, knowing that your stomach is full size and you could eat it if you wanted to right mm-hmm. now. Exactly. Um, so you're battling yourself with not eating it. Whereas when you have your surgery, that battle is still there. It's still going to be there afterwards. If anything, it's going to be harder because you could eat it. And if you try to eat it, your stomach pouch, that restriction is going to kick you in the face. I mean, it is, it is the most terrifying feeling to have one bite of something or two bites, especially when you're, you know, when you start eating again and when you go to soft foods and real food, it's like you're two bites in and you're like, what the fuck? Mm -hmm. Like I literally cannot eat anymore. And it is the scariest feeling because it's like, how is this possible? It's just, it's, it's this awakening of terror in your brain because you, your body is like, wait a minute. Cause your mind in your brain, you still have that brain hunger. You're still going to be hungry, but you physically will not be able to eat it. Yeah. Ever. I, like, I know. I've, and I've it's, yeah. it's, it's going to be terrifying. So right now I think it's really good that you're kind of self acclimating to this way of eating, you know, like you said, like a six week post-op or whatever, four bites, or, you know, even if it's six bites, like that's still better than what you were doing before. Right. Right. So kind of acclimating yourself to smaller portions is definitely going to help you with the shock of Mm -hmm post up because it's I mean I literally I can't tell you how many people like I cried because I felt like I was dying or starving it was like I could not believe how is this possible yeah um that I could only have a few bites of food a positive thing I can tell you is that you know your friends brought over sushi and all this food and right now you're like oh I can't eat that I'm drinking my shake post-op, you know, well into, you know, when you start eating food, you'll be able to eat that and you'll be able to participate and be a part of the group and sit with them and eat with them and still have that normal atmosphere that you're used to and, you know, fellowship, but you'll be able to eat two or three pieces of sushi rolls. And that's it. That's if you can have rice. Some people can't have rice. I could have rice. Some people, yeah, some people yeah. can't. So we just don't know. You know, I don't restrict carbs either. I don't worry about carbs. I don't go crazy with carbs. I don't obsess about it. I just know, you know, kind of like you, if I want it, I'm going to take a little bite of it and just to get it out of my way, get it out of the way and yeah. then move on, you know? Yeah. Um, some people are real restrictive with carbs for the first year, but for me being a binge eater, I just know that if I restrict myself, I'm going to obsess about it for days 
And then yeah. when I do get it, I'm going to eat it for weeks. <laughs> you know, I'm going to go crazy with it. So I don't want mm-hmm. that to happen. So I give, I give it to myself. Yeah. Um, that way I just mentally. It's all about know. balance, right? Balance yeah, it is. Yeah. Moderation. So that's what I've been taught because I've tried every diet under the sun that has restrictions on what you can eat. I've tried mm-hmm. South Beach. I've tried keto more than once. I've tried, you name it. I've tried it. It doesn't work because it's not sustainable for me. Uh, now I'm talking for me. I mean, I know keto and I, I know works for many people and they love it yeah. long-term, but it did not work for me. And I just could not live like that. So mm-hmm. for me, balance and moderation is is key because then you don't get those cravings that are so strong that make you binge. Yeah. And everybody's different. You have people that are uh, post-op that are keto people or vegans or intermittent fasters or mm-hmm. you know whatever and that's totally up to them I'm I'm more of a um, um I eat what I like to eat like I okay for for instance this is a fair life um 11.9 ounce of the vanilla protein and then I go to Starbucks and get a decaf dopio uh, um, in a venti cup with a little ice. And then I also have them put the sweet cream cold foam. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like 15 carbs. It's like they like blended up milk or like okay. uh, almond milk. Mine's almond milk, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, they blend it up to make it like foamy. So it anyway, I just put that on top and I, I like it. Mm-hmm. Um so I don't really worry about the carbs as much. I don't go crazy about it. Um, you know, but I don't really restrict myself when it comes to carbs. Yeah. yeah I think that that's a, my, my personal opinion is that I think that is a good, healthy way of continuing on long-term. Yeah. Opinion. I'll have rice cakes. If I want a rice cake with some cashew butter on top, I'll have that. If I want a piece of bread, I'll eat the gluten-free bread and I'll make a toast with butter with like the grass-fed butter, organic butter. Um, I love the Real Good Foods brand. Have you tried them? I have not. They are, as far as I'm aware, not where I am anyway, available in Canada. So so many yummy, delicious, different, like unique things that the States have that we don't have up here. And as soon as the borders are open and everything is safe, I want to make a trip down to go to a grocery store (laughs) in Buffalo, Niagara Falls, wherever on the border. Uh, It's only about three hours for me now. Oh, okay. Um, Yeah. So like I just moved up, up more North Canada um, in Owen Sound. Um, But I grew up in Burlington and Hamilton, which is really only about 45 minutes away from the border. So it it wasn't much for me to go to the States to go shopping. And I love all the different foods that you guys have there. But until again, until COVID is done with um, actually, and it just, I don't know if it's the state side or the Canadian side, it might, it's probably the Canadian side that is now going to be putting a restriction in place for how much food or the value of food that we can bring across the border. Oh, shame on them. I don't know why. I don't yeah. know. It's like, what, what is the purpose? I'm not sure. We've done it for decades and decades, but who knows? You, um, <laughs> Americans don't know what they got until they leave in Italy and all those places. I 
was starving. If my son wasn't stationed at Aviano Air Force Base, I don't know what I would have done. But so we went to the commissary there, the grocery store, and it's kind of like going into an American grocery store. So we had everything that you would get at a regular American grocery store. So that was really nice and saved my life on things. Shopping in an Italian food mart was, it was, I can't imagine. It's not the same in other countries. It's terrifying. The food is so different and it's in, it's in a good way. Like in Italy, you know, you buy your milk and it, it literally expires like in four or five days. It's fresh. Mm-hmm. Your mm-hmm. eggs, you only get them a little four pack cartons. The food yeah. is so much fresher. The produce is fresher. It's, it's all organic. There's no organic there. You know, you can't, the, you don't go to the organic section. The whole store yeah. is, you know, all it's organic and it's just nice and good food, but Mm-hmm. But it's definitely, I totally get what you mean about wanting those yeah. foods that we get to have here. Yeah, because there's a lot of brands that carry a lot of really helpful um, meals, whether they're, you know, quick frozen meals or just even just seasonings and sauces that that aren't available in Canada that are lower carb or no sugar, things mm-hmm. like that. We just, we don't have the same selection. So that makes me sad, but one day I'll get over there and get some, some yummy things. So trick that by having maybe two or three people in your car. And so it may be restricted by so much groceries per person. It probably is. Cause yeah. you can say, well, these are my mom's groceries and these are my yeah. groceries. Like, yeah. I'm just saying, I'm just trying to think of a way that you could get more groceries. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Because it adds up if you go to like Costco or Ross or something. I mean, not Ross, Sam's, Costco yeah. or Sam's. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's a lot of groceries, you know, when you buy Yeah, we bulk. have Costco here. We, we do have Costco. And I know it's hard to walk out of there without spending. You go in for a couple things and you walk out $400 later. So, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. No, but Sam's Club is very similar to Costco, I guess. Um, but even now I haven't been in years, but like tops market, like tops grocery store. I always really liked that one. I thought there was a lot of unique things there when I was there years ago, but yeah, we don't have that here. <laughs> yeah. What was your starting weight? And then what is your weight now after doing some of your pre-op? Yeah. So my highest weight was 286, but my starting weight at the beginning of this week beginning of of pre-op was 275.4 and uh, I weighed myself this morning which I was trying not to do every morning because I want to just kind of wait till the end of my pre-op diet which is as I say tomorrow morning I'll weigh in again but but I'm down to 266 so yeah I mean like so nine ish pounds and six days that's what not eating does to you (laughs) but it's still it's a good number yeah yeah, I mean it's still it's it's exciting to see the scale moving even before your surgery for Um, sure yeah yeah and I can actually surprisingly I'd never thought this would happen in a matter of seven days but when I was getting dressed this morning I kind of looked in the mirror and I kind of was putting on my pants and I thought huh it's like, it's already, my tummy's down a little bit. Like that, that's crazy to me that in six days that could happen, but um, not by much, but a little bit, I could notice it. 
which is a nice feeling. So it just kind of boosts yeah. the morale a little bit, boosts the the motivation to for what's coming. And if I'm good and if I can stay focused and stay on track um, before I get to my surgery, whenever that may be, hopefully I can get down a little bit more even just with healthy eating and portion control. Yeah, I hope they get with you soon. Um, did they say like when it would be or how long or what? Well, the, the doctor or the nurse or the staff member, whoever it was that called me to inform me of the cancellation, she didn't have any answers. She had no idea. Of course, they can't say anything, even if they, they did. But what I've been hearing on the news is that the restriction or the, the cancellation of all non-urgent or elective surgeries, I think was until the 28th of January, I believe. I don't have much faith that that's going to stick. I feel like it will probably keep getting extended until it's under, like until the numbers are under control. Um, but, but we'll see. I mean, that would be awesome if it was just the end, like, if that's not too much longer of a wait, but what I just worry about is that it's going to start to be oh, another two weeks and another four weeks. And then all of a sudden we're in, you know, yeah. March, April, May, and it's like, still waiting <laughs> I know um, no what? I just hope oh I'm sorry what surgery were you gonna get I'm gonna get the the Ruan Y the, the gastric bypass okay good yeah if I if I could go back I would have probably gotten the RNY yeah um, only because I've had a lot of acid reflux problems Mm -hmm. and GERD problems and so I'm looking into revision but I just I hate to do that but I just um, have a hard time with food, mm -hmm. but um, your weight loss percentage, I think with gastric sleeve, it's like up to seven, 70% after um, like eight months or nine months, mm -hmm. you should have lost like 70% of your, the fat that you needed to lose. Yeah. Um, Whereas, you know, R and Y and all of those, your, your, your percentage of weight loss is definitely higher. And mm -hmm. so if your starting weight is really high with the higher BMI, I think that's the best uh, way to go. Yeah. I mean, I don't have anything against sleeve. I just think it's, I think sleeve helps for a lot of people. And it would have helped me because my BMI was just over 35. Um, I'm 4'11 and my my highest weight was 211 and then my surgery weight was 179. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I just think that R and Y is a good, a good one too. I like that. I mean, yeah, I always had my heart set on, on that one. Um, for those reasons you mentioned, and also too, I just, I knew five, four or five people personally back in the day when I started sort of thinking about this uh, maybe being a, a tool for me as well um that they all had the rny too so it was just kind of what i what i knew what i was most familiar with i researched both um and at the end of the day it was my surgeon's decision um but he he agreed with me and and thought that the rny was going to be the best for for me with my bmi my weight um my acid reflux issues that i've i didn't have them currently but years ago I did and years ago I dropped 20 pounds just through you know diet and exercise 
imagine that. Um, and uh, it was uh, just enough for me to get rid of that acid reflux. But, and I haven't really struggled with it since, but because it's in my medical history, they thought, well, let's just avoid that and we'll, we'll do the R&Y. Why didn't you do the surgery years ago when you thought of it? What was your struggle in that deciding? Mm-hmm. Just fear, <laughs> fear of like, so I obviously wasn't mentally ready at that point because fear was, I'm never going to be able to eat what I want again, <laughs> um, you know, which is what got me to where I was. And it only got worse. Another um, thing that I had sort of contemplated was, okay, well, I want to have children and the one, the one gal that I knew had it and she was having some fertility issues and stuff that very well may have been, you know, nothing to do with her surgery. But in my mind, I just thought, you know, maybe I'll wait till I'm done having children and, and then look at it more severely at that point, which is what I, which is what I did. I have three kids now and my husband and I were, were done. So that was, um, that was it for me. And, and after my, so I have a, a five-year-old and we have 18 month old twins. And after my twin horrific pregnancy, it was the worst pregnancy ever. <laughs> um, it changed my body big time. Uh, just the, like I gained so much weight and, and I continued to gain so much weight after I had them. And it was a different kind of weight. The weight sat on me very differently and it, it, it's, I'm physically now uncomfortable, like at, in my own skin. Uh, and I don't mean just looking at it or the, like, I'm physically uncomfortable. I feel my back rolls and my tummy roll and this and that. And it's, it's uncomfortable for me. And I just thought enough is enough. You know, I just, I can't let this control my life anymore. I, it's obviously clear that I can't do this on my own. So I need this tool to help me. And what finally my sort of aha moment was last, not, not this past Christmas, but the Christmas before we took my three kids to go see Santa and we got in one of the pictures with us. It was my husband and myself on the outsides and the kids in the middle. And when we got that picture developed and I walked out of the mall in tears, I thought, that's not me. I don't look like that. Like that's all. I was humiliated. I did not want to show anyone that picture and I didn't. And that was really sad to me because it was my kid's picture with Santa, you know? And I just, I wanted so badly to rip that picture up and delete the digital file. I just, oh, it was, it was a real eye opener for me that I was, I had become that large or I had become that person. And a week later, I made the call to my doctor and said, get me a referral to a bariatric clinic because I can't live like this anymore. So I'm happy that you made that decision though. I think it's important to make that change and, and your kids are still little. Yeah. That is fantastic. Yeah. That you're doing that's, this. That's part of it too, is that they're at the age where, I mean, my 18 month old twins running around like crazy and carrying them up and down the stairs. is like, you know, they're almost 30 pounds each. So 60 pounds. Cause you know, I don't want to go up and down the stairs more than I have to. <laughs> so it's like, I struggle carrying them both up, you know, in one go and just getting on the ground and playing with them. And, you know, my daughter's saying, mommy, can you play Barbie doll, you know, dollhouse with me? And my first thought is, I don't want to sit on the floor. Like it's not comfortable for mommy, you know, and it's, that breaks my heart. And yeah. 
um, you know, going to a theme park with them pre-COVID, of course, um, I missed out on a lot of things because I knew I wouldn't be able to fit. She wanted me to go on that little car ride and I just, uh, my husband had to go and I watched from the sidelines because there, knew, there was no way I was going to fit. And I knew that. I didn't display that. I didn't show I was upset and I didn't tell my husband why. Oh no, you can go, you can go. It's just, it's heartbreaking because it was affecting my life. And then I realized this is not just affecting my life. It's affecting my kids' lives. Mm-hmm. And that needs to stop. I need to have the energy and the health to, you know, go forward and be the best mom I can be and the mom that I want to be, the wife that I want to be, the me that I want to be. And it was just enough that I finally was mentally in a state where I was like, let's do it. Let's do this. Wow, so. that's exciting though. So so who is your doctor there? Uh Dr. Maran Anvari is his name. And uh he's quite quite established and quite uh, prestigious actually in the bariatric uh, surgeon and physicians um, within Canada. And uh, so I'm, I'm quite confident and quite excited to have him as my surgeon. So, and of course I haven't met him yet. So everything's been virtual. So oh, my guess wow. is I'll just, just because, you know, COVID and then plus moving up to Owen Sound, like three hours away from where the, the hospital that I'll be having it is because I, I moved mid pre-op um it's just everything's been over the phone and and virtual so I'll probably meet him moments before my surgery but I'm so excited for you though I hope Mm -hmm. they do it quickly because you've already done the pre-op and went through that process they may push you through a little quicker than those that are just in the acceptance stage So hopefully they get you in a whole lot sooner. One thing I can say that I wish I would have done and my dietitian recommended it that I didn't do and I couldn't even put my finger on it. I couldn't mentally understand what they wanted me to do until after I had surgery. Like, oh, well, that's what they were talking about. It's practice now, chewing, Mm. chew 30 times, wait 30 minutes between wait 30 minutes before you drink and that schedule and you can find those schedules online I'm sure just to kind of yeah I would definitely practice those because I didn't understand I think pre-op you're just like what do you mean you can't eat and drink at the same time that makes no sense yeah you just can't even wrap your head around it until after you have surgery and then you realize, oh my God, I only have three bites in me. I better make those three bites count. It, it, it better be protein. Right. So it's just really hard. And if you take a drink, oh my gosh, it's painful. And it's, so definitely practice that. I think that's, that's something that I wish I would have done. Practice drinking your water, getting your water in, getting that that's a good one because that's a hard one. That's a struggle for everybody is getting in that 64 ounces of water. Your doctor recommends what for you now at this stage? Uh, Outside of pre-op, you mean? Yeah. So once the pre-op is over tomorrow, like Mm -hmm. what did he say for you to do again? Um, So going back to regular foods, keeping in mind, of course, to keep my, my calorie count lower than what it was before and uh, high protein, of course, uh, for actually for the last six months, I've been instructed to just 
try to focus on higher protein, of course, just to get into the habit. Um, so about 70 to 90 grams for me, they said, per day, and try to get as much of that out of food as opposed to protein shakes. I mean, obviously, you'll need protein shakes post-op and, and, you know, to, to reach your goals for protein. But, um, but then, yes, the 64 ounces a day of water, which you're right, that's a struggle. I just feel like I can't sip anymore, like in my wake, waking hours, like <laughs> I'm drinking all day and on top of the, the shakes and right now the broth that I'm drinking too, to get some of the salt in me, you know, um, it's like, I'm just constantly drinking. And so that is a struggle. Um, and I, for me, I think, no, I know, I don't think, I know that the waiting 30 minutes after meals to drink will be a struggle for me. I know it. So you're absolutely right. I should start practicing that right now. Um, just try it like one time. Yeah. It's, it's hard. I know. It's just, I think what's difficult for me was to have my food in front of me and say, okay, this is what I'm eating, but not have a drink next to it. Mm -hmm having to eat it and not have anything to wash it down with. Yeah. I think we just mentally think like, Oh, we need to wash that down or we need water. Or we need this. That was hard for me. Another way. And this is what you should do anyway. And I'm sure it'll tell you is whenever you're going to eat your protein, like your meal, make sure you have your protein with some kind of liquid, like smash of avocado or sour cream or something mm -hmm. soft. Mm -hmm. that's with your meat that way when you chewing on it it makes it softer and it goes down better and so you're still getting a little bit of that liquid or you know it's going to help break up that protein and it's sure. going to go down better I would try it I think that's the hardest one you know I can only speak for myself but I guarantee you everybody that's listening has struggled with that and is messed mm -hmm. up and has taken a drink or we take a drink and we're like, Oh, I forgot, you know, yeah. or so just don't even have your drink at the table. Yeah. Like what I do is I still make my drink, but I'll put it in the refrigerator mm -hmm. and um, that way I know it's there. And so I'll wait. And then when I'm ready for my drink, it's already made ready to go. And it's in the refrigerator and it's still, it's cold. Everything's still ready to go. So that's yeah. kind of what I do. It's a tough one on your Instagram. Yep. Got to do this for me. Mm -hmm. um, I like that. R and Y. <laughs> I found you because you posted a reel and I guess you were in your bathroom and you were kind of showing your body and your stomach and kind of showing mm -hmm. yourself. Mm -hmm. And I tell you what, I want to honor you for that because so many of us are in that situation and we, we aren't strong enough to give that much of ourselves yeah, to put it's, that it's hard. Mm -hmm. I'm so proud of you for taking that leap and making your page and doing oh, all of you. this because it, it's going to help so many people. Yeah. How did you do that? Well, I honestly, I, as I mentioned before, I, I've followed a lot of people in their journeys over the years um, that have had bariatric surgery. And so I, I just get inspiration from them and, and their vulnerability and their progress and knowing that this weight loss community on Instagram is just, it's amazing. I am so glad I found it. I'm so glad that I've made the connections and now friends that I have. 
it's just the support that you get is it it allows you your it makes it a bit easier it's not it's still hard it's still me stepping out of my comfort zone I contemplated posting that I really did I contemplated contemplated filming it but I just thought you know what this is I'm not alone I know I'm not alone so there are so many people that feel the same way there has to be and I'm just going to do it because if it helps even just one person, like I've been helped by so many and, and watching their stories, then, then I've done my job. And that's what I'm here to do because I'm an open book. I want to share the good, the bad, the ugly. Um, it's just I, more for myself too, you know, like the accountability aspect as well. And being able to look back on that and seeing my progress and not only the physical progress, but the mental progress too. And just, learning to love myself again and I think that's really important so I just yeah I thought no I'm gonna put it out there and it was I'm so glad I did because I have had an outpour of messages like I, I gained a lot of followers after that that particular post and so many dms that people said like you said thank you thank you for sharing that and, and I can so relate because you know and then it, it kind of opened up that door for people to to talk to me about their journeys and, and I made a lot of new connections and I'm really thankful for that. So that's, that's what I'm here for. And if I can help other people, like I was helped, then that's, that's what I'm here for. Yeah, no, I just love that. And, you know, just your whole page, I think it's very uh, inspiring Thank you. Um, for other people and just loved it. I sure hope your surgery comes quick though. I know, I know that feeling of waiting for your surgery date was already traumatic enough because you're just waiting for that surgery date and you're like, okay, I got my date, you know, and then to have to have them postpone it, but I'm sure you'll get it soon. But I promise you, Erin, in the end, all the things that you're doing now and the mind shifting and the habit making is part of the tools that you're going to need post-op that's going to be 70 percent of it yeah the other part of it is going to be the actual restriction in your stomach right Right. all those other things all the work that you're doing now and i know i can say that because i had my surgery and you have it and i know that feeling well you've already had yours so it's easy for you to say it or <laughs> you've already lost weight so it's, you know i and i get it and i know i promise you you're totally ahead of the game because you you're already trying to change that mindset and that's yeah. a huge part of it that's the struggle for a lot of people after post op you know i mean after their surgery post op mm-hmm. is, is all the things that you're going to have to endure for probably a couple more weeks, you know? Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I think you're going to do fantastic. How is bariatric surgery judged in Canada? Um, it's definitely a mix, but I would say it's becoming more popular. Like, so I feel like you still have the people that are, you know, Oh, she's got bariatric surgery like why couldn't she just do that on her own you know um or the easy the easy way out comment Mm -hmm. which we all love right uh yeah so but I'd say it's definitely becoming more acceptable um there's a lot of women I think more particularly than than men that have it 
I don't know why that is, or maybe it's just, it's just the more the norm because it's more accepted or more talked about. And maybe there are the men out there that have had it and just don't feel comfortable talking about it. I, I'm not sure, but I'd say it's growing. Um, I, as I say, feel pretty comfortable now on, on Instagram and my own little bubble there with the, the weight loss community. But it might say something then that to say that I haven't posted it on my Facebook page that I'm having it because all my family and friends are there. Um, and I just don't need, I don't need the opinions that don't matter to me <laughs> without, without being rude. Um, because it's, it's inevitable that people are going to start to comment if I posted something on my Facebook page. So I'm just leaving that. Uh, I do have some family members and, and friends that, who have found me and followed me on my, my Instagram page. So, so be it, you know, they're now aware of it and that's fine, but they're choosing to follow me. So they're obviously supporting me. Um, but I don't need the, the comments on my Facebook personal page from people who may not support it. And I plan to really not say anything on there until, hey, look at me, I'm 100 pounds down. I got bariatric surgery, yeah. you know? And, um, and then people will be like, whoa, what? My Facebook doesn't have anything either. I mean, mm -hmm. I don't really, my in-laws know and they were so sweet, you know, with cooking in Minnesota and trying to make adjustments to making mm -hmm. sure it was gluten-free and it was smaller portions or whatever. Like it was, mm -hmm. it was nice. My Spanish side, they're just too traditional. I didn't even, I told a few, but they didn't really get it. Um, oh, yeah. They thought I was crazy. It's like, oh my God, that's so 80% of your stomach. Are you crazy? You know? Um, so, I mean, I get it. I think there's some people who can hear it well and accept it and humble enough to appreciate that this is your journey and this mm -hmm. is your experience. And if that's what you need to do, that they support you through it. But I think there's some people that just aren't ready for that or they, yeah, yeah. They just can't within themselves understand mm -hmm. it. So they're, they're not going to be that supporting person for you. And, and that's okay. That's okay. Yeah. I mean, I tell people like face to face, like as my in-laws know as well. And they're very supportive. My, my, my family, like my immediate family knows and supports me a hundred percent. And, you know, so I, I have those verbal conversations and I'm not hiding it that way. I'm just not ready to post it for, you know, my, however many friends on Facebook I have, whether they're acquaintances or, or past coworkers or, you know, anything like that. Right. I just, I don't want to broadcast it, but if I'm having, if it comes up in conversation or, you know, absolutely I'll share, this is what I'm doing. Um, you know, even the, the couple people on new year's Eve we had over, weren't aware that I was doing it. And I said, well, no, I can't eat any. Cause she brought over all these different things. And I'm just like, well, didn't my husband tell, tell you, like I'm on my liquid diet. And she's like, no, I, I had no idea. So I was like, well, yeah, like I'm, I'm having bariatric surgery. So like, I thought she knew, you know, cause I, I do share it like, or I, I don't mind if other people share it verbally, um, to other friends and such, but, um, yeah, so it's just, it's just the Facebook thing. I just, people on Facebook seem to always need to share their opinion, no matter what it is. You could say the sky's blue and you're going to have somebody that argues with you. <laughs> you know, I find Facebook gets a little 
like that. <laughs> but um, this Instagram community has been so amazing. And I just, I am so thankful for it because it's one thing to have all the, the support from your family and friends, but it's a whole other ball game when you have that support from people who I haven't met in person, but I feel like I'm friends with them. I feel like I've made that strong of a connection with them because they've been through it or they're going through it. So it's just really nice to have that. Did you have any medical complications or problems? No, actually. Yeah, no, I'm, I mean, all my tests came back. So you don't have like sleep apnea, diabetes, blood pressure, anything? No, surprisingly, no, none of that. Um, I, I know for sure though, that I would have gotten diabetes. I'm sure if I didn't get this weight in check because it runs in my family, Uh, both my parents have type two diabetes and I did get gestational diabetes with both my pregnancies. Um, they, they did, it, it went away hours after delivery, thank goodness. But I knew that that was in my future if I didn't make a change. Um, but high blood pressure, high cholesterol, um, all of those other things, the CPAP, you know, none of that was needed for me, thank goodness. And they kept saying, like my team kept saying, wow, like, you know, you seem like you're perfect candidate for, for bariatric surgery, you know, like, yeah, you've got your high BMI, you need to lose X number of pounds or whatever, but it's, it's like, I didn't have any of the other um, health complications, thankfully. So. And how tall are you? Cause um, you said your starting weight was 285. Yeah. So I'm five, seven. You're five, seven. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I've always been a big girl. Like I was like growing up, I was always the big kid in high school, even in grade school. I was always like that kind of little chunky, tall, like I was always the tallest. I always, um, you know, I developed sooner than my friends. You know, I was just always like the tall, big girl. And, um, but it's funny because I, you, I remember moments of my, my childhood that very clearly where I just thought, I'm so fat and my friends aren't fat, you know, like I remember my 13th birthday, we went to Canada's Wonderland here, a big theme park. And it was the first time that my parents like let me and my four friends go without a parent. Like it was awesome. That's huge. That's huge. (laughs) I felt you're free. Yeah. I felt the coolest. Let me tell you. And I remember what I wore exactly. And I remember being so body conscious because I was always, I was bigger than my friends, but I was so hot. I didn't want to be sweating to death the whole day. So I didn't want to have to cover up in a sweater. You know, it's just, I remember that day very clearly and how I felt that day. And it's funny. Now I look back on pictures from that day. And I, I think to myself now as an adult, or even when I was in high school, I would look back at that picture of being 13 years old. And I think I was so skinny, (laughs) you know, like, it's just the body dysmorphia at any age, any stage, no matter what, it just seems like it's there. And I mean, yeah, I was a little chunky. I had some meat on me, but did you have kids or siblings tell you you were fat at that age? No. Like, why did you think you were overweight at that age? Well, I was a little bit, like, as I say, I was chunky, but I was so lucky that I I never got made fun of. I never was told that I was fat from, you know, classmates or anything, family, certainly like I just, I never had that shaming. And 
So I why did you think you knowledge. were big at that age? Why did know. you, where did that come from? To have that thought as a child, where, where did it come from? I did look bigger than everyone else, as I say, because I was taller and I, um, you know, when I preteen and teen, like I, I developed, you know, I was very large busted very early on, still am. So I always just appeared better. That's a blessing. Shut your mouth. That's a blessing. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's just see what they look like after weight loss, shall we? Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, it's going to be a whole other surgery required. People pay good money for that. So. Know. Well, after three kids nursing, I don't know. They don't look so hot. But <laughs> yeah. um, I just, you know, I was always just, felt bigger because you know in the class photos you know picture day I was always in the middle at the back like because I was always just the tall kid and I think I just felt like because I towered over everyone else I just was just bigger you know and that was like okay. my mindset um and it just grew with me you know um in my own mind as I say nobody ever called me fat um so I don't know where it came from, where I, how I manifested that in my head, but it did get worse. Like I did keep gaining, like I was over 200 pounds in high school, you know, so it, it just started to happen um, more and more and it just never went away. So here I am, 37 years old, three kids later with a stomach that hangs a little differently, you know it is what it is. This is my body. And, and part of this journey is learning to love it. Even regardless of the loose skin I'm going to have, it's just part of it. So, but I'm ready for it. I'm ready for you. I can't <laughs> wait. And I want you to know those transformation stories that you see on Instagram before and after there's some pretty freaking amazing ones. I mean, go to my page. I try to share my, my story for yeah, people some, to, yeah. to be encouraged that it looks like a total different person. They look younger. It's mm -hmm. amazing. I always wanted that for myself when I was, when my kids were smaller, I would see, I had a neighbor who got, who lost so much weight and she had had like an iodine deficiency or some kind of deficiency or something. Her doctor gave it to her and then she lost all the weight. And I was like, son of a bitch, why can't I have that? Where's, <laughs> where's my medical illness like I seriously, if I could have got diabetes because that would have helped me lose weight, I would have gotten diabetes. Like what is my problem in my body that I can't figure this out? Yeah. Um, and I know that, you know, seeing those pictures of people, but they're before and after you're just, especially when you've already made that decision in your brain, I'm going to have this surgery. I want it. It's going to happen. You can't wait. You just can't wait. At least I couldn't. But I want you to know it's for you and you're going to have those too. And I'll be posting those in six months, in a year. It's exciting. Mm -hmm. You're going to look amazing. You're going to look oh. 10 years younger. And I hope so. I hope yeah, so. you will. I mean, it's going to happen. It's not an if, it will happen with this surgery. Yeah. What you're doing now is great. I think you're trying to do it by yourself as best you can. I think that's great. And you're going to lose some. And that's going to be great. But it's not really sustainable because restriction isn't there and so and that's why we do this is because we need that little extra help at least I I certainly did because for sure yeah I could eat eating my husband's 6'2 220 and he can eat and he thinks oh you can't eat I'm like buddy you don't know when you leave 
<laughs> when he goes out of town or he, he's military, when he's gone, I'll eat. Those exciting transformations are going to happen for you too. Yeah. And you just have to hold on to that and know it's going to come. What advice do you have for any pre-op people who are waiting for their surgery like you are and kind of on the fence or, you know, like any advice that you have for, for anybody who's really struggling? Yeah, I would say that the biggest things I would say to make sure that they do, whether it's for themselves or displaying to others and sharing your journey, like I have, because that can also help yourself too, right? If you're on the fence, maybe just to check out other people's journeys, obviously, to see what what could happen for you. And I know it's not always safe to compare because everyone is so different. But like for myself, I used to look at for people that had similar stats to me um, in terms of weight and height. And then I would see them one year down the road. And I think, oh, man. I, I could look like that. I know. <laughs> and it would just get me so pumped because it seemed like it was finally a tool that was going to work for me. Like it was, you know, without fail, this could happen for me. And if you are in the pre-op process, no matter where you are in pre-op, whether you even haven't even had your orientation yet, but you're ready to go for it, start taking pictures of yourself at every angle, start taking, having other people take pictures for you, even candids that you know you're going to hate and you're not going to want to look at them right now, just like I did and do, but you are going to want those pictures later for comparison because that's what's going to show your progress once you do go forward with it. If you do, um, that's what's going to show your progress when you have days where the scale isn't moving as fast as you'd like, or you're, you know, you're at a three month stall, which is totally normal and will happen. And I know that. And also too, that inches that are lost when the scale isn't moving or that you having those struggle days of the body dysmorphia, that's, what's going to get you through and say, well, no, hell, I did do this. Look at me, look at the difference. Right. And also what I've been doing is taking pictures of little NSVs, like the non-scale victories sitting in a food court, little, you know, those chairs that are like attached to the table and they don't move. It's like, I could barely fit in that. Like my tummy was hanging over the, like I was uncomfortably not able to sort of bend over to take a bite of food. So I thought, you know what, this is going to change. This is going to be looking a little different in a year's time. So I held my camera up and I took the picture down, you know, downward, looking at my stomach at the table. And I thought I'm going to be able to take this picture again in a year. Just little things like that, that, you know, are hard to do now, but you will be thankful for in the end. So just do that. I haven't told anybody, but, um, <laughs> you know, the Ryan Gosling, that movie where she does the dancing. Oh, um, dirty dancing. Yes. Where she runs up and she gets in his arms and he picks her up and holds her. Yeah. I want to do that. Like, <laughs> I've never been picked up before. I want to be picked up. I want to, yeah. like, you're on the beach and you run to him and he picks you, holds you. Yeah. And your arms are at his uh, shoulders. I want to do that. I, I want to exactly be able to be picked up like that. I think that is the sweetest thing. And that's definitely one of my non skill victories. I want to get, I want to be able to have, I think that's just the sweetest thing. 
that's definitely that's on my list. Oh, that's good. Well, I'm, I'm sure that will happen for you. And you just make sure someone films it. Yeah, I gotta run. <laughs> someone gotta get run pictures. <laughs> we might, we might do it on stage at one of yeah. our live events coming up. I might do it on stage. Have a, <laughs> I think that would be fun. If, so if he's fun. here, if he's in town. Thank you so much for meeting with me. I am oh, you're welcome. Thank so you. glad that I got to sit and chat with you. I think you're beautiful. And I think this Thank is going to be the best thing for you. And I'm so happy and proud of you for doing this for your kids. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, that's, uh, they're definitely one of my main motivators. That's for sure. I know people yes, say yeah. you don't lose weight for other people, but, but you do, you do, right? I mean, I just, I want to be that mom. I, that's, that's there a long time. And I, I even look now and I think to myself when I'm looking at my twins or I'm struggling with my twins, I thought, you're not going to know mommy like that. Like, you're not going to know, you're not going to remember mommy as this other than when you look back in pictures and say, you know, because as you say, they're still young enough. They won't know me this way or this size. And, and I'm thankful for that because I'm not always in the best frame of mind and definitely don't have the energy, right. That I, I want to have. So definitely they are motivating me and, and that's, all I can say is that that's you do yeah. wait, you do lose weight for people, but and yourself, of course, too. <laughs> yes, ma'am. All right, you will have a good day. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you. So nice chatting. Bye. Yes, ma'am. Bye bye. Hey, thanks for listening. If you like the show, please rate, review, and subscribe on any platform that you get your podcast. And check us out at Patreon. That's patreon.com forward slash fairy diaries for more exclusive content deep dives, and info on upcoming events. Don't forget, follow us on social media. See you there.